This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Let's see your fucking double back over that then. (laughs) (laughs) Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Knockout takes, Almunia saves, knockout follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Trondini has scored. Welcome to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Joining myself, Carl and Peter, for a second time by popular demand, Andrew French. Good evening, Andrew. How are you? Evening, guys. Yeah, I'm very good. I had a very busy day uh, of Watford stuff, so there should be lots of good content. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Welcome back, indeed. I mean, talk. Uh, we, we said before when you came on, man of the moment, and we, we kind of talked to you after you reached out to us after the financials piece that we did talking about the club and since then you've got so involved with them you've been in and you've now got a series of uh, you know kind of more interviews coming through having met with rob edwards this morning i believe yeah that's right i sat with rob for about an hour and i think two stories have appeared and there's another six to come um and then this afternoon i met with uh maduka Rikoye, the new goalkeeper um and there's about a thousand word piece to come with him at some point as well they're all written it's just um when they appear now so yeah and you still got a good batch of stuff to come prior to you getting the the watford observer uh gig was was that there must be so many stories that you've had because for those who haven't heard episodes one two and three this is going to have more sequels than bloody star wars by the time we're finished with this because <laughs> there's a lot of good content here it, you know carl's got a beard like obi-wan kenobi so the, the, the kind of similarities are endless <laughs> but you had got some marvelous stories because from 98 through to 2003 which covers graham taylor as you know and on parts two of the uh, of, of the previous podcast, Viali and Ray Lewington, which were both very eventful eras, you must have bundles of stories. Um, share with us one of the one of the stories that kind of comes to mind from uh, uh, from your time, either following Watford before, during that period, or after. So I, I made a list because I'm not organised, and if I didn't make a list, I wouldn't remember them. So the first one on my list, it was in the season we were in the Premier League, so it would have been 99-2000, and I think it was an away game at Newcastle. And we travelled up whenever it was north of Birmingham, we would travel up uh, the day before. So we travelled up by train and then coach. 
And we got to Newcastle quite early. I think we were there lunchtime-ish. And normally, if we got there, normally get there about four, the players would just go to their room and then come down for dinner. Because we had the whole afternoon, um, Graham decided to do something to get the players to stretch and do a bit of exercise. And it just happened in the grounds of this hotel, they had like a cross-country track. He liked a cross-country, did Graham, didn't he? Oh, they were all in their tracksuits. Um, all of us were. And Graham said, we're going to do three laps and we're going to do it increasing pace. So And I'm stood there and he went, are you going to join in then or what? And... Um, <laughs> So I was probably, what, 98, I'd have been 27. So I was at one point good enough to run from my school across country, but that was at least 10 years earlier. And between then I'd discovered um, curry. Um, I discovered <laughs> not walking anywhere, being sedentary. So, but in front of all the players, I thought, I can't, this can't be that bad. I go on then. Off we went on lap one, and I'm I'm going what I thought was a good pace, and I'm I'm up in the first dozen. You know, I'm looking around me, and there's the you know the people I would class good runners, and it was quite a, a long track and quite hilly. And at the end of the first lap, I'm really thinking, yeah, I've got a stitch coming, and this is starting to hurt. At which point, as we went out on lap two, Kenny Jacket clapped his hands, went right up a gear, and I, I had no more gears to go through. I was in the only <laughs> gear I have. Uh, meanwhile, I could feel the pressure of people coming past me right and left through lap two um, to the point where the only person that I could see in the distance who had overtaken me was Chris Day, who was the worst runner at the club. Yeah. And he was <laughs> He's a goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah, yeah they can't <laughs> run. Really bad run. And, and, and I'm like, I'm really hurt. It hurts now. And I thought, I'm going to have to let, I, I can't do lap three. So I just collapsed in a heap at the end of lap two. And they were seriously worried about me. Paul Rastrick, the physio, came over and said, you need any help? And I mean, I, I didn't think I looked that bad. But they said, you know, you're, we ought to take your blood pressure. You've gone very red and you're sweating profusely and your eyes are properly dilated. And, and no, 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 it's fine. And of course, the other players were laughing. It was hilarious. Anyway, go back to the hotel and I'm just thinking, let me get on the bed. I need to lay down. <laughs> and as I walked in the room, all the fire alarms went off. Ah, oh, oh. <laughs> back we all go out again. Everybody from the hotel, and of course, the pl- we all gathered with the players. And this voice, Mooney's voice, went, "That's you, you twat, setting up the fire alarms with your face." <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Tommy. Yeah, good old I, Tommy. I must say, yeah, I, that that was. I didn't do it again. They did once ask me if I wanted to join in five aside. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my one and only time. Of training with the players, yeah. So that's that's the first story on my list. What we're going to do, we're just going to jump sideways for a second. We're going to um, throw in a few of what we like to call punters' questions. Uh, so this one comes from Natasha Wright on Twitter. Um, she's asking for your opinion, really, on this one, Andrew. And she said, can Watford FC go a whole season with a sea change in attitude at the top so that they don't uh, fire sack the head coach after a handful of games back him in the transfer market and use their talented academy efficiently within the first team. So I guess what she's asking is, you know, I know you've been up there today. Really, what's your opinion of Rob? That question, Do I, really. do I feel they can? Mm. Yeah. Will they? I think the key to it will be the owner's view on how things are going. I think there is clearly from Scott a desire to do things differently, to have that consistency, to not hire and fire, to give someone time. The manager, when I spoke to him today, said, you know, he's he's under no pressure at all. He's not been given targets. He's been told he's to build a team. So obviously there is a desire and a willingness on, on the club side. They've expressed that to the manager. The only question we don't know is if, you know, when the clock's go back in October, we're sitting 12th, will the manager see Christmas? Yeah. The answer should be yes. 
because otherwise we're just reverting back to what we did before. But I can't say that I know that's not going to happen because I don't, because I'm not the owner. The only person who knows that is the owner himself. Everything I've been told, everything I've heard, the mood is, no, we know we have to be different. In answer to Natasha's question, yeah, there is definitely a will there. You know, can I say it won't happen? No. But if, if they're good to their word, then then we will have that consistency and period of stability. Well, um, question. I reckon we go to number two because you now you've got a list. You've got your list. You've got your I reckon it's number two. Okay, number two. Yes. Um, Graham Taylor's last match, Burnley away, um, and we stayed in, as we do, did a sort of a hotel bit outside Burnley. And on the Saturday morning, he decided that, um, I think he'd hired a training pitch and we were going to do players, not we, take the me out of it. I'd done my run. <laughs> so, um, the players were going to do a little bit of gentle jogging and, and warming up. He, if it was a rainy day, he liked the players to get out and get in the rain well before the match. He liked them to, you know, sort of get, he used to get getting a bit of rain on your back. So we drove down to this training pitch that when we got there, it had more than a bit of rain on it. It was underwater, not <laughs> completely unusable. He wasn't in the best of moods and there was a bit of, you know, sort of that, that muttly voice. <laughs> and, and there was a bit, a bit of like, a bit of relief down the back of the bus from the non-runners who were like, this is going to be good, you know, it means we can just sit on the bus. So he got up and got back on the bus and said, okay, I'm going to run you through. We'll do a bit of a team talk instead and then we'll go for a walk. So he started his team talk as he did and there was a younger element on the bus who maybe weren't paying attention last day of the season, not much to play for. And there was a bit of whispering and a bit of sniggering and he got wind of it and he knew it was. So he stopped instantly and he said, right. And I know one of them was David Perpetuini and I know one was Chris Day, but there was four and I can't for the life of me remember who the other two were, but there was four players. You can imagine two and two across the aisle. Mm -hmm. Right. You four off the bus in your boots with me, we're going to fake, we're going to run behind the bus back to the hotel in our boots. And if any of you don't beat me back, you're on the transfer list on Monday. <laughs> and, they them, and he went, come on. And he got off the bus in his boots. So they did as well. And all the players then went to the back of the bus and we drove the bus slowly back up this lane towards the hotel, whereupon he put on a good start. So, I mean, Perpetrini was ahead of him, but Chris Day was behind him and the players were baiting him out the window. You're going to get put... And he had to put a spurt on and he just beat Graham back to the hotel. And then Graham sort of puffed and said, well done, lads. Oh, and by the way, you're all dropped. So no. <laughs> and I think, I think if you look, I think Fabian Ford ended up on the bench because that's where Perpetuini would have been. But he left him out and Fabian Ford was there. But yeah, four players following a bus in their football boots with the manager, basically shouting, if you, beat me, if you don't beat me back, you're on the list on Monday. <laughs> That's brilliant. And then he drops them anyway. And then he drops them anyway. Brilliant. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another punter's question? Yep. Go for it. Okay. This one comes from Neil Silverstein, and he Ooh. writes, name one thing that the club should stop, start, and continue to do this season compared to last season. Good question. Well, I think the stop's easy. Stop knee-jerk managerial changes. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work. It took us so far. You know, we had we had some great seasons in the Premier League, but you know, the club have identified that that's that's what I would stop is, you know, we've got to get behind a manager and give him time. What would I start doing? Can I count what what's been happening in the last few weeks is new or did that mm-hmm. happen last yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The level and type of communication that we've seen. I mean, I thought something that was different this week that I didn't do was the club put out the um 
statement that Cuccio had left and then followed it up with some stuff from Gioretta, which gave it some context. That's what I keep saying, you know, that a player leaves, if you don't say anything else, then people guess at why. Mm. So in comes the sporting director to give you the why. You don't have to agree with it, but you can't deny that he said it and tried to explain it. So I would do more of that. I think that's what fans want. What would I continue from last season? There's not much. I was going to say that is the tough bit, isn't it? (laughs) Um, The only thing I can think of is... The pies were nice. <laughs> Damning with faint praise. There we are. Yeah. The yeah. Pie, Alleged, the pies allegedly, nice. the carrot cake is excellent. So I'm told. I still haven't had the opportunity. There was a really nice range of artisan food products at the back of the rookery end, which enticed me there a little earlier. I must say, on that <laughs> excellent. You know, that, I, I, I'm not. I'm not a drinker, but you know, I found it hard to walk past the, the many, many. Um, Food items. When you're feeling a little Assyrian on a Saturday afternoon, that is... <laughs> you might have to explain what Assyrian means, so I'm not Hungry. sure. Oh, there we go. There we <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. We, no, you don't understand the level of listener that we have. <laughs> yes, we have to... <laughs> sorry, it's like that word, Assyrian, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all right. There's Uncle Ron going, well, I knew what it meant. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I love, Uncle, I love Uncle Ron, but if I gave him a slice of cake, you can guarantee it wouldn't be enough. and he's entitled to his views but um yeah at the moment he sums he comes into that category of what i've said that if i was shitting 20 pound notes he'd say they were too creased i hope i I hope next season makes him happy but i i don't know that it was (laughs) (laughs) it's the question isn't put to me but i'm going to answer you anyway neil because he's Neil. it's a great question i'll tell you the one thing i would take from last season and continue and it looks like we are doing murals the murals that have been put up have been fantastic you know obviously the gt was was fabulous the subway and now obviously as as sej returns home for 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 two gigs the piece that's been done is absolutely epic the more we get of those around the better because they are just beautiful we're very i was down there today he was uh, mark silver was doing mark yeah Yeah. we're, we're very fortunate we know mark yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. I'd already met him on LinkedIn and I had a chat with him today. So next week at some point, I'm going to give him a call and just do a piece reflecting on what they've done so far. A bit behind Fantastic. Marvellous. Right. Let's have another story then. Okay. So the, I might do two. This is well, just I'm, maverick behaviour. Yeah, know, it's outrageous. <laughs> I, I'm diverting from the script here. There um, is no script. They all know we make this up as we go along. So ironically, this these two stories are about Ron, not Uncle Ron. This is Ron, the bus driver. So uh, for the time that Graham Taylor was manager and when I was travelling with the team, we had a bus driver called Ron who was a smashing northerner. Um, he looked like a sort of silver-haired rockabilly. So he had this sort of quiv going on. And he always, he just looked like someone who should have been in Shawaddy Waddy. Do you know what I mean? I like him already. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's just his kind of guy. Yeah. I like this sort of guy. Yeah. (laughs) Can can we explain for the youngsters that Shawaddy Waddy were around in the seventies, but they played fifties music and they looked, they looked, they looked old and antiquated even in the seventies. So excellent. looked like someone who, you know, wanted to have been alive in the fifties and was living it out (laughs) through the the nineties. So, and he was a smashing boat, Ron, you know, he really was really, really, nice and the players really respected him and you know anyway but Ron, Ron was a character so the first story we were going to a game I think it was in Sheffield and we were going up the motorway and he missed the junction which when you were rough when you're the team bus driver there's not many things you need to do but point the bus in the right direction one of them. <laughs> so he, he, missed, he missed the junction which was spotted by Graham I think he missed the junction Ron no 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 it's all right I know the next one there's a bridge I can double back the next junction was a service station but anyway Ron pulled off the service station goes right around the back to this bridge 
and gets to the bottom of it, and it's a footbridge. Oh, dear. <laughs> and Graham never even looked up. This voice just went, let's see your fucking double back over that then. <laughs> <laughs> never even moved. I'm wrong. Went, no, you're right, Gaffer. Yeah, I got that wrong. So that was one run story. The other one, which I think is my favourite run story, is we, that season in the Premier League, we were playing at Everton, way game, Saturday afternoon. We'd stayed in Haydock. Um, reason we did that was, as an aside, if we won an away game, Graham tended to stay in the same hotel in that area again. So we'd obviously won at Liverpool. So he thought he'd stay in the same hotel. Didn't work, but that's just why we did. And for whatever reason, we hit real traffic on the road into Liverpool. And we were struggling to get there for two o'clock because that's when you have to turn the team sheet in. And Ron said, um, it's all right, Gaffer. I know a different way to go. So he pulled off the main, whatever it is, dual carriageway. And we're going down these roads and you're thinking, well, this is hell of a backwater, this. Because, you know, all the main traffic's going in one direction and we're going at 90 degrees to it. But we're following along and then... In the end, we turned a corner and we were in a cul-de-sac, like Brookside Close. <laughs> so I said, what's this back? What's this, this shortcut then? And he went, actually, Gaffer, I was following a car with an Everton sticker in it because I thought he knew the way, but it turns out he's going home. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, no. He then had to give us sort of an eight-point turn in a cul-de-sac and everybody came out to have a look what was going on in there. Watford first team bus. Fantastic. That is fantastic. All wrong. I'm sorry, Gaffer. I'm sorry. I was convinced he knew where he was going. And Graham said, yeah, he did know where he was going. He was going home. That's where he was going. <laughs> he was going home. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's brilliant. brilliant. Fantastic. I love that. That's the old car sticker of don't follow me or you'll end up at my house. Yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it should be noted, this is, this is prior to GPS and everything. So, uh, oh, yeah, that, no, you know. Yet. No, nothing like that. So when you were lost, he had to find out how to get back again. <laughs> I mean, I just wondered, because obviously he only drove for us on Saturdays, you know, I just wondered whether, what, you know, how he found his way around on other occasions. Now, did, did he go to, you know, did he go to Leeds looking for Leeds Castle? <laughs> well, possibly, yes. <laughs> you know, if, if he went to Wales, did you know which banger he was going to? You know, it's all, <laughs> you know, doing these magical mystery tours that weren't actually meant to be mysteries. He was a smashing bloke, and he took it all in good spirit. I think on that occasion, actually, when one of the that one of the games when we got to the hotel, Ron would eat with us at lunchtime, and Graham had drawn a map on his serviette because he said, "Well, I just thought you might need some help getting from here to the stadium." <laughs> <laughs> Mugging the coach driver off excellent. Yeah, yeah, love that. That's brilliant. Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Ashley Blaker, and I'm hosting a new season of the comedy panel show, Never Write Off the Germans, in partnership with my diesel claim. Join me and my esteemed comedy guests as we discuss all that's ridiculous with the greatest show on earth this winter in a host nation with domestic football equivalent to the Isthmian League South. We'll guide you through the tournament covering everything that's funny with the countries taking part, whether you're a diehard fan... Or an occasional bandwagon jumper just supporting your home nation until they're embarrassingly knocked out by Iran. Listen on the Sports Social Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. But remember, never write off the Germans. Right, another punter's question. This is from Michael Thomas. Given not, not that... the old Arsenal midfielder then? No. Not the Thomas right at the end? No. Yeah. Given that there is so much social media influence and available bandwidth for comments what in your professional experience would be the best way for the club to engage with the format and to manage expectations to engage with social media well oh, that is difficult there are so many things i mean i you know i'm not going i'm not going to name names but 
there's a couple of people on Twitter who claim to be journalists who pump stuff out that, you know, when I look at it, it it's just not journalism. It's, um, it's just someone sitting behind a computer emptying their brain onto a page. Uh, but, you know, there's, there is no way of stopping it because Twitter is pretty much unregulated as much as who can write on it and anyone can start a blog. I think the only thing the club can do is, is do what they're trying to do now is have compelling content on their channel. So one of the things I saw this week that I thought was absolutely brilliant was Mike and Rob Edwards up. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. That, that is something that no one else can do. You know, no other social media channel can do that. Only Watford. Um, and that's a reason to go to Watford's channels. And if, if the club do more of that, stuff that is unique and compelling and, you know, anything that gets behind the scenes shows fans they wouldn't see something. You know, again, if you, if you can do interviews that are exclusive or, or, or are longer than, than you get anywhere else, that's a reason for the fans to go there. And if you couple that with making it to the channel that you release official information, so we'll, ne- we'll never stop rumours. You know, I looked this week on Monday, we were signing Benekophobia. On Tuesday, he was in the Harlequin Centre. Today, he's gone to Belgium. You know, if we'd have, if we'd have believed on Monday, he would have signed today. And, and obviously, he's not so we're never going to stop those rumours if the club use their channel as this is the place to read it this is the place to hear it and if you don't hear it here it's not happened then then that's one good thing the other is I say to have compelling content that fans want and enjoy and that you can't get anywhere else and then the Watford social media channels become a a reason to go to that's what I would do brilliant thank you for that I I think the especially bearing in mind we have said about the training videos through last season talking about something that, that that should stop and then you see the one that was released today i think i think what's important is to make sure that it's still engaging mm. because all the way through last season you could have taken a training video that was entirely anonymous it could have been filmed a month before they finally released it i think making sure it's topical making sure that there's elements around engagement mm. and for example miking him up was 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 a great thing to do um and and just suddenly we talk, we've been talking about lack of connection. Suddenly we can hear the man talk. We can hear how the man interacts. We can hear, you know, he does, and it'd be interesting to, to get your take on him on this, having spoken to him today, he talks a lot about values, mm. about treating people as people. And that's where the interaction, that's where the communication mm. comes from. So to get that little window in on that today, that was a training ground video, unlike any other, if they can keep it, at a topical and really kind of relevant level, more power yeah. to them. Agreed. That pertinent, pertinent copy that or content that's entertaining that you can't get anywhere else. You know, we've seen what can go wrong with video content, and we don't <laughs> want to go down that path. But <laughs> haven't we? <laughs> it's something that the club buy into. I mean, on a much smaller scale, when I worked at Butlins, we hosted Question Time. Question Time came in and assembled a whole stage. You know, like you see with the circle and the cube and then took it down again and it was all done in 24 hours and we had a time lapse and people watched it happen and then we released a video of it sped up you know people love that because where else would you get to see it that sort of content the stuff that people go i i can't see that anywhere else that's what the club will do well if they do more of that and i think they will you know i saw some of the guys today and they're a young you know social media is a young man's game you need young people who understand what resonates you know because I mean, you know, to me, TikTok is what a clock does. I've no idea <laughs> what TikTok is. You know, I, I yeah. really don't. It, it scares the bejeebus out of us because we won't go near it. No, I mean, I, I don't get it. It's important that the club do or some of the clubs does because that is going to be the future. You know, when I think back, when I joined in 98, we were just building or finishing our first website. And, you know, I remember thinking, I don't know if this is going to, you know, will this fly? I remember yeah. when uh, I Graham Taylor uh, released the Hornets.net. Do you remember the Hornets.net, yeah. which yeah. was a, a, an IP? Do you remember that? Yeah, it, you know, I was at, at, 
in 98, I was the only person at the club that had an email account. <laughs> I had a CompuServe email account. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yes. So, you know, so what you have to try and do is stay ahead of the curve and say, okay, you know, me as a 50-something, I don't really know what TikTok is, but I need to have someone at the club who does and that understands what makes good TikTok content because that will resonate with the teenagers and 20-something. Similarly, I need someone who knows what good written content is or good video content because that appeals to a different audience. You know, the stuff I'm writing to the Watt Observer, you know, what I'd call, you know, long-tail copy might be too much for someone. They might, they might want, you know, a thousand words might be too much. You know, hopefully you guys find a thousand words is, is consumable. For other people, it's not. So you have to find a media or a social media that works and have people who know what is entertaining and what is current. And then you just deliver that in whatever format that is, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or written copy or video. And it's a constantly changing thing. You have to stay with the times. But the guys I saw today working at Watford, they'll, they'll do that. And, and I think they just, you know, I think it'll help. There's been a whole reset. I should imagine, you know, going to someone like Ranieri or Roy Hodgson and saying, can I film training and mic you up? Wouldn't have fancied it, that conversation. It wouldn't have been very interesting, I don't think. And I think that's... No, I, I don't think that would have worked. But no, I, I, now to answer the question, that's what I would do is more of what they're doing now. You know, stay ahead of the game. They've got young people there who understand it. And I think also if fans like it, they need to let the club know because sometimes you do this in a void of silence. You know, you, you release something, you think that looks good and no one says anything. So you don't know whether it's gone down well. People are often quick to criticise, but if the, if the club get positive feedback about something like that video they'll do more of it when it comes to social media i think you should kind of know how you're doing because of the likes and stuff and the comments and the shares and that sort of stuff i think that kind of tells you how well you're doing with certain things on social media certainly but yeah i mean that the, the comments last year were largely negative and i think already this year i've seen a lot more positive comments surrounding the stuff they're putting out so they've obviously realized their mistakes become a little bit more i think behind the scenes stuff like you say People love behind-the-scenes stuff, always. Yeah, I, I you know, that's. It's, I, I always remembered when I worked at the club that I was very privileged to, you know, to, just things like walking down the tunnel, being in the dressing room. You know, I, I took that for granted. But then you take a step back and go, you know, how, what percentage of fans ever get to do this? Yes, right, yeah. You know, it, it's very, very privileged stuff. So, and I got excited today. I went in the stadium today through the media entrance. I've not done that in 20 years. And I saw the media room. It was, oh, wow. And I yeah. found myself sitting in a dugout going, oh, this is nice, because I hadn't done it for a while. And if I find it interesting, I'm sure lots of other people do. So it, it, it's just a case of finding that sweet spot of the right piece of content and the right format for the right audience, because what suits a 50-something probably won't suit a 20-something and vice versa. So you just have to make sure you package it in the right way and keep adapting to whatever comes along because TikTok today will be yesterday's news and in a year's time there'll be some other platform that we don't know about yet. You have to be ready for it. That's how social media moves. It must be nice for the marketing team though because can you imagine being the person being asked to go and ask Roy Hodgson to do a TikTok video? I mean, <laughs> you want me to twerk? I mean, it's it's just going to... This is not going to go well, is it? No, no. It, there, there's just some things. I mean, you know, and, and that's always been the case. There are things that I knew I could ask Graham that I would never have asked Viali to do. You know, you're just a different personality. You just didn't get it. Mm. So, you know, and that is a problem. And, and I should imagine one of the biggest problems for the comms and the marketing team has been you just get your head around what Cisco Munoz is like and what he does and doesn't do. And then he disappears. And in comes Claudio Ranieri. And you've got to get to know him. And then you just work out what you'll do. And then he goes and Roy Hodgson comes in. So as much as it's a problem for the fans and the players and the club, it's a problem for the people behind the scenes because, you know, I, I had a good relationship with, with Ray Lewington because I'd got to know him the season before when Viali was there. I had no relationship with Viali when he arrived because he just came out of a, a very big car and walked in and introduced himself. And, you know, yeah. for the first month, six weeks, 
you know, I was finding my way and, and, you know, I did things that he didn't like that I'd taken for granted and he wanted me to do things I've never done before. So it's going to be difficult. And that's one of the things that I hope that fans understand is that, you know, if this continuity comes from a manager and we, you know, we don't have that change, you'll start to see the club benefiting from that on a wider scale, not just on the pitch, behind the scenes. You know, Rob talked today about the importance of community work and getting players out there and insisting they do oh. that stuff, you know. Well, that only comes if the manager's there to drive it. And if you mm. think you can be there for six months, then your priority isn't going to be getting someone down to switch on the Christmas lights. It's going to be, I just need to win games. Yeah, I, you know, I get the clear impression that Rob's been told this is longer term. So on the one hand, while he's looking to deliver results, he can also look to deliver community appearances and players doing stuff in, in the town. And, you know, it's a whole package. And, you know, we can talk more about that, but he, he definitely wants to deliver that. But that comes with continuity and building a relationship. That's a proper mindset change as well, though, I think. I think that's a yeah. proper mindset change. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, uh, you know, people still today, someone said just now on Twitter, you know, you're, you're being fed a line. Perhaps I am. Perhaps I am being fed a line and perhaps I'm a sucker for believing it. But, you know, I've got two choices. Either believe it, which I'm, I'm inclined to do, or just write it off. And mm-hmm. for write it off, now I might as well not go next season because I'm expecting it to be crap. But I'll, they, I'll, they might as well not. They might as well not bother though, Andrew. If yeah. you, if everyone's going to write it off, you know, you we, know, we have to give on August the first. Um, yeah, I'm going to be positive and hopeful. Now, you know, by the end of September, I might have my head in my hands, but I'm going to have to go there positive. Otherwise, I might not bother turning up. Yeah, it's cool. just worth it. Cool. So, I mean, you you said you said previously that you know your job and your role was to go in there and ask the question and gain an answer. Yeah. And, and and when we spoke and when we put the first three together, which I suppose in a way were well, especially the last piece was almost a companion piece to to some of the articles that had gone there and the, and the background and the story behind the stories. At least then they've got something to talk about, and at least you've built a relationship enough to have that move on to the next level. Yeah. We've also seen a wave of hopefully the. Club Club being yet more communicative and talkative to other fan channels, which which is which is great as well. And again, exactly your point there about the the you know the social uh, or sorry the social media team or the, the marketing or uh, communication team at the club being able to understand what a what a manager wants. Those fan channels do as well. I mean, we've got about six months worth of uh, Roy Hodgson jokes about uh, garden centres, <laughs> cream teas, and Werther's originals here that we're not able to do anything with anymore. You know. <laughs> Now we've now we've got this good looking Ardonis. We've got nothing. We've got, we've got nothing. Uh, <laughs> I do. I, I did post a picture actually earlier on. I mean, it, it looks very vain, but I got. They took some pictures of me interviewing Rob, which were great because it means the observer could. You know, I think sometimes think that people think that I. You know, these interviews don't happen. It's sort of you know spurious. I send some questions over, so I, we decided to get some pictures of me, which. They aren't particularly flattering of me. There's one at the back of my I head. did see the back of your head, yeah. Yeah, I did see that. There's yeah. an even worse one of me not realising that when you slumping a chair, it enhances the fact that you've got a little bit of girth. So <laughs> it, look, it looks like I'm, I'm heavily pregnant. Um, not, a, not a problem I have to worry about. No, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, I didn't like those. But then I took one right at the end just with him, you know, because he said, let's get a picture. He's a very nice boat. And that's, you know, so we took this picture and I put it up on Twitter. And I just said, you know, this is the before and after of 40 years of Watford loving. You know, he's a very young bloke who's extremely good looking. He's chiselled. He's got hair. You know, he hasn't got any wrinkles. Next to him is a bald bloke who looks haggard, <laughs> you know, who, who's, been, who's been dragged through life by his ankles, you know. So 
that, that I thought was quite funny, you know. And then later on in the day, when we went down to the to the stadium, he was being interviewed by a guy from Sky who, believe it or not, was even more chiselled. Yeah, and it's See. almost like Sky have gone. Well, you know, if they've got that Adonis, we're going to have to send our best bloke down. You know, we can't be sending some slob. So that it was literally it was like a mirror. There was Rob Edwards and a bloke from Sky who looked every bit as dapper. Maybe that's one thing that Sky have decided from now on. We're going to have to send a reporter down who is the equivalent of this, you know, Chippendale that um, Watford have got. So, yeah. <laughs> Chippendale. <laughs> it, was very, it was very good. They, they filmed it with the Elton John mural yeah. in the background, uh, talking about that and then making the connections through. And again, he was articulate and you can understand why Scott Duxbury has actually come out and said he can be in charge of communication the day to day. Exactly what you said from the answers, the questions that you asked him. You can understand why he's going, yeah, we'll put him in charge. If we go back to when Marco Silva was brought in, a lot of it was the fact that they wanted to have somebody who was an ambassador. And let's face it, Walter Mazzari was not that man. No. He was not the man. Neither was silver, but, but chances are things are looking good now. Sky stuff today. Kudos to the club. That's them reaching out to Sky and saying, "Let's do it." You know, Sky. Sky will always ask, but the club have said, "Yeah, come down. We'll get the manager. We'll stand in front of this mural." They then came in the stadium, interviewed uh, Coy. That's the club trying to give fans something to watch on TV because you can't assume that every fan reads the Watford Observer website or goes and listens to your podcast. Some fans, the only time they consume football is through Sky News. And Watford today have been extremely accommodating and done. They did a piece this morning with Tom Cleverley live. They did a piece of Rob Edwards recorded outside the mural. They did a piece of the Coy in the stadium. You know, that that is as much as you can expect from any club to organise. They maybe didn't do that in the past, but maybe they didn't have a manager who was so supportive. You know, when I when I wanted, if I was, if I when Graham was manager, if I said I needed a player for TV, not a problem. Who do you want? You know, let's make sure it we used him recently it wasn't the same with Viali the question was why right. and so you know you would have seen less media when Viali was manager because it wasn't so easy when Graham was manager you know I, I could pick anybody and they would come and they knew if they didn't come and do it they'd have him to answer to so it's all about that culture and, and what we saw today was you know Rob tra- going from the training ground to the stadium to do an interview for no reason other than to do the interview. He didn't do anything else. He just went there for the interview. Sky will remember that, and that will make Watford's job easier when they want another favour of Sky. So yeah, that's a back scratching exercise. Of course. You know, if you want something, when they do their kit launch or on August the 30th, when we have 100 years at the Vicarage Road Stadium, if you go to Sky and say, will you do us a favour? They'll remember that six weeks earlier, you got a live piece with Tom Cleverley for us and you got the manager. That's how communication works. It's a, a mutual thing. It's a two-way street. That's what I keep saying. And the club today deserve real kudos for that because it, it takes a lot of organising and they organised mm. it and Sky were delighted. You know, anyone who's watching Sky and sees those pieces, that is the club doing a tremendous piece of communication. There. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.